Attention, attention, my black brothers. What I want y'all to do right now is take out the do-rag. The silky ties down. I want to see the waves glistening. If you got nappy hair, pick it. Don't let nobody discourage you. Ariel. What is up, everybody? It is your boy, Laura Jeffrey. And I'm Derwin King. And welcome back to another episode of That Black Boy Joy, where we create a space where Black boys can be themselves and... So much more. And guess what you are, as you all can see or probably hear in a, in a little bit. We have a guest on the show with us. We have uh, Mr. Samson McCormick here in the building with us. He is an award-winning uh, comedian. Do you want me to say gay comedian or just, well, I just said it. Well, award-winning gay comedian. <laughs> <laughs> See, you already done done it now. Be like, who is this gay-ass person? All right, I was like, let me just, let me just say he is an award-winning gay comedian and a DC native, but he is an LA resident currently. He is yes. also an actor, a writer, and a director, and has a lot of work out here in the world. But first of all, how are you? And thank you so much for being a part of the show. Well, yeah, first let's do that. Let's thank y'all for, both of you, Derwin and Devery, for, you know, being here and doing this. You know, not enough of us are doing this. So I got to shout y'all out. Like, I'm here on y'all playground for y'all, okay? Um, I really, like, I don't just do this for me. Yeah. I really do do this because I think y'all know there was a time where we were growing up and you could not find any black gay people on television, on the radio, in movies, unless we were some victims or some clowns. Yeah, That's a joke. Right. Yeah, so, you know, we now we're making the jokes, okay? Okay. Um, you know, and, well. and, and doing it very well. But, I mean, everything comes from us. So yeah. that's neither here or there. We'll get to that later. <laughs> All righty. Yeah. But I just want to thank y'all for doing this. Like, it's so important. Thank you. Thank you. And it's called that, that Black Boy Joy. Y'all are yes. just... All, <laughs> all, all the things. Thank all you. the things. Yes. First of all, we are, first of all, we are, like, really thankful for you to even, like, wanting to be on our show and talk about all the things that you're working on. Uh, when, you, when, when we got the reach out and things like that from your team, we were like, what in the world? We like, oh, snap. We like, we had to, we was like, hold on, what just happened? Oh, <laughs> well, you're a funny motherfucker. I'll tell you that much. I appreciate it. I okay. appreciate it. And I've been around for a long time. I've been around for 20 years. 20 years, I saw that. For 20 years. And, you know, it's, we still have a long way to go in this business. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but like I said, you know, 10 years ago, you would never turn on Netflix and see mm-hmm. specials by black LGBTQ comedians. And now you turn it on. Sam yes. J is on there. Yes. It's hilarious. Uh, Flame Monroe is another mm-hmm. really good friend. Black trans comedian. Been in the game 20 years. Yes. Shantae Wayans is another one. You know, black lesbian comedian. So. You know, we we have yet to get more black gay men. And I definitely, I was a little modest about it at first, but I was one of the first. Come on, That's let's right. put that Doing out there. This, it, it just is what it is. Yeah. Um, but I would like to see more of us get the type of mainstream exposure that we deserve. 
Yeah, I think it'll come in due time. I think if we keep being consistent and just breaking down these barriers and being the being the voice and being this representation like you are, I think that it will come. And I think having you out here does bring confidence to other queer gay comedians out there, specifically men. So I think that is uh, dope. But we asked this question question to all of our guests. So of course, we want to ask you this as well. But what does Black Boy Joy mean to you? Oh, this is easy. Freedom and good sex is what it means. Um, <laughs> it means freedom as in living life on your own terms, okay? And, and some of us are still trying to get to that point. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of us, we will try to live on somebody else's terms to be in a relationship, to get acceptance from our parents, mm-hmm. to, you know, please other people. And you have to get to a point where you're doing what you want to do for you. Mm-hmm. And allowing life to fall in place for you because you're living it your way. That's mm-hmm. what Black Boy Joy is. Um, and then the good sex is just, you know, that's just an added bonus. Everybody <laughs> should be having some just good sweaty booty crack. <laughs> just yeah, real comfortable. Real hot. Yeah, comfortable. <laughs> the 90s wow. slow jams bopping in the background. Yes. Hopefully it's not on an air mattress, you know. What if it is? I'm going to tell you, some of the best sex that you're going to have will be on an air mattress (laughs) in somebody's grandmama's basement. Basement? (laughs) You already know. (laughs) Next to the laundry machine. The number of people online who can co-sign that, it's a real thing. Straight, gay, and all the above. Everybody on the spectrum knows that you can have some really great sex in somebody's basement. Like that's some in real somebody's shit. basement on, on one of them pallets next to the <laughs> washer and dryer set. It's that adrenaline too. It's that rush. Like this ain't conventional, but bitch, we gonna make it work. Down there and it's good and hell yeah. You know, it's, and I talk about sex a lot because we don't, as black gay men, we have a lot of sex, but I don't think we really understand it. And we really don't understand our bodies sexually because mm. our parents were most black parents, this is most black mamas, mm-hmm. were reluctant to sign that slip to send us the straight sex education. Mm. You know, that was just to talk about, you know, titties and periods and reproductive organs. They said you don't need to know that. So <laughs> if that was, they said if that was the the view on heterosexual sex, you already know where we are on gay sex, like mm-hmm. in the back of our mind. Um, and, and so that's why I talk about it a lot more now. We need to be talking about it. Maybe we need to normalize it. We need to first of all normalize it. We need yeah. to. Oh, it's, it's definitely normal. We need to normalize talking about it out loud and tell mm-hmm. the truth about it. And, you know, a lot of people are out here, you know, having sex and they feel bad because they're not doing it the way they're doing on the videos. Okay. Mm-hmm. But if you learn how this really goes, you can have some sex that's better than what you see on the videos. But we'll get to that later. Yes, we <laughs> So we are going to jump. Oh, go. You, you got it? I also wanted to make a note that, like, there was, there truly is a lot of shame about, like, as gay men in general, we've also we've been stigmatized to be super over-sexual. And I think, like, in an effort not to push that uh, stereotype, a lot of gay men, and specifically black ones, like, shy away from the topic. Just because they, we don't want to be stereotyped in that way. I, at this point, don't really give a fuck. I have said countless times on this platform that I am one freaky bitch. And I, I'm, Come on now. I certainly do not mind being honest about that. <laughs> you have to be honest about this it. Because is. a lot of people feel ashamed because, see, we are sexual, especially men. And 
we are, and women, women are too, mm-hmm. but I'm talking about us right now. And we are taught by the church. We're taught by our parents who usually weren't educated about sex either that, you know, you might want to get it on with three or four other people. Mm-hmm. And that's perfectly okay to want to get it on with three or four other people, you know, um, or you might want to hang upside down from the ceiling fan while somebody put some balls in your mouth. And you, and you feel bad because that's what you want to do, but that's what you want to do, and that's okay. And that's your business. That is, oh, that is your business, and that's okay. Um, and I'm getting more just open-minded and, and getting a better understanding about all those things. Well, shout out to the people hanging from swings, honey, with balls in your mouth. You are yes. life. Upside down mm-hmm. tea bag. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's called the carousel. You got to get out of name. Come that's on, I need to remember that. That's the carousel. Yeah. Well, first of all, yeah, first of all, I'm super excited about this episode already. We are jumping in. We have no holds bar. We are unapologetic, and that's what we love to see in our guests, and because that's what we bring to the show. So we're super excited to um, have yes. this conversation. Get right in. Thank yes, you. he does. But we're gonna first off do our. Uh, Black Boy Joy Spotlight, like we always do. In today's episode, we have our Black Boy our Black Boy Joy Spotlight. <laughs> Devin. <laughs> this week's Black Boy Joy Spotlight goes to a man by the name of Nico Anon. If I'm pronouncing the last name wrong, please, I apologize. But he is an actor who is known for his most recent portrayal of Uncle Clifford in the Stars show Pussy Valley, Pussy Valley, Pussy Valley. And check a leak, no sleep. <laughs> oh, definitely go. I already see you ready. Because, girl, like, <laughs> this show has been on since, I think, July. And I just watched it last weekend. Binged all, you know, six episodes of it. And mm-hmm. when I tell you the first, like, scene, I was like, oh, bitch, I like this. <laughs> and when the sex scene, okay, let me not give y'all this little plot. But there's a sex scene in there that made me so happy. I think, like, as a person who is... You know, I would I would say, I don't know if I've done this before, like set 65, 70% feminine. It is important for me to see other, like, you know, Black people who are LGBTQ who, like, go back and forth with that, who have super feminine expressions and maybe sometimes don't. And um, I think we see that in Uncle Clifford uh, when... Uh, you think? <laughs> well, I mean, because we see, we see Uncle Clifford in, like, a full beat face and a full lace front. But then mm-hmm. also at some point, and I don't know if it was just so he, um, they could when go he went to, to the bank. the bank. But like at some point we see him not in that, so I was like, okay, cool. Like we get a little dynamic. Oh, that, well, that, see, that's because he wanted to make sure they didn't play with his money. Okay, he put the makeup on when he got back in the car. Okay, so that's what I was trying to figure out, right? Because I was like, I see this. Like, what's happening here? So to some degree, I like relate. I do not wear lace fronts, but I. Uh, the face is good, my girl. You know, I always do a full, <laughs> a full ass beat. This is a natural beat, honey. I'll tell you, I go all the way in. Come so on. nonetheless, so happy to see love um for a character like that and so happy to see sex for a character like that like that w- that meant something to me i'm so tired of seeing like straight people have sex all the time so like seeing non-straight people have sex on tv it's like i mean like- <laughs> yes i mean you know? anything anytime non-straight people are having sex is hot and i stand by two men having sex is the best type of sex on the planet i don't care what nobody says yeah, I just prefer them to be black. I don't know why I love... No, I do know why. I like black sex. It's nice. It's good for me. It's the best. It, 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 it's the best, okay? It's the best. 
But um, yeah, shout out to um, Uncle Clifford slash, uh, well, let me say Nico Anon, aka Uncle Clifford. We appreciate the representation that we have for you right now. We know that your success is going to go beyond this show. That this show is, oh my God, no, that show is going to take the fuck off. Anybody who's watched it so far, like between the ass, the titties, and Uncle Clifford, and the, just the drama in general, that show has a bitch hook. <laughs> but uh, shout out to him for that. But um, have you watched the show? Uh, uh, Samson, yet? Of course I watched. <laughs> okay. Hello. I mean, um, it, I I remember the first night I looked at it. I was high on edible. Come on. And so you know the show. Yeah, you know. So the show is already good. And then when you high on edibles, everything be having you like, what the fuck? And yeah, you be sitting there like it's. I don't want to give it away, but Uncle Cliff, Clifford did get. You know, he got it real good up against the, juke, the jukebox or something like that. And um, I'm, I, I had to. I had to go make a call after that because yes! I, was, I was. I was hot. Else had that experience. I watched it and I was in there squirming and like low key, like swooning. I was like, mm, "This is really good." Oh, man, right, right. You know, I was on the couch and I felt what was going on. Okay, okay. I was like, "I'm ready for this." I knew this was gonna happen. I was like, but I also appreciate that. Uh, Lil Murder was not uh, like afraid to like say that he wanted Uncle Clifford. I'm gonna just name that. I think that was something I you rarely see is just like straight this rapper thug ass. You know it happens, but like seeing that he's very vocal and like was really like adamant about getting Uncle Clifford, and then you also see like Uncle Clifford <laughs> like not even feeling confident or thinking this is like a legit thing of love, and that's something that also was a problem too that men that are quote-unquote feminine or wear wigs or makeup feel like they won't really find love. And I was, like, appreciative of seeing that happen, you know? And I really appreciate, like, even, we're spoiling it, but, like, y'all gonna watch it. Like, meeting... We're not giving away plot points. Yeah, meeting... uh, Was that his grandma or um, his mom? Like, when he met the grandmother, I was like... And you see little Uncle Clifford, like, oh, this is is cute. This is... This is cute. So, how much joy that entire thing brought me. Like, yeah, like love for a feminine character who is like male. Like, it's it's beautiful. It really is nice to see something that we've just not seen before, not in a non-violent or non-sex work way. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess we have imposed, but um, I don't think it's like it didn't feel the way it feels this time. Like, this something about this I connected with a little deeper. Now Mm -hmm. I do love Pose, um, and I do definitely like connect to um, Billy Porter's character. Mm -hmm. Uh, but oh, I, yeah, I think P Valley has a little bit more edge than Pose. Though. Yeah, Pose yeah. is Pose is very safe. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still very safe, um, and it's kind of activisty. It definitely has a message, whereas P Valley just takes all the risks and pushes all the buttons and helps us confront the real world. Mm-hmm. It's Pose yeah. does too, but. But but it, you know, P Valley takes it a step, a, a, a couple miles further. Yeah, post pose, post pose. I also I like the community. I mean, I, I like the, the the where they live. Like they have no problem saying she. They do say it, of course, which is sometimes problematic. But they do say she and uh, Uncle Clifford and like have no like weird looks when she shows up. Um, so I appreciate how, that. How do y'all feel about? Uh, it being uh, what's his name's character that uses that word that uses it, Isaiah. What's his last name? Isaiah Washington. 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 How do you guys feel about him being the person who <laughs> is like trans slash homophobic? 
I mean, it's not far from what he is in real life. So oh, that's why there, there, there's that. And we have a long, a long history of beefing. Uh, oh, oh right. it's, it's it's very well documented. Is that very, so? <laughs> very well documented beef. Um, but but as homophobic as he is, I think he beefs at me the way he does because he wants a piece of this. But oh we're gonna leave shit, that, we're gonna leave that alone. <laughs> Unless Chipper Girls want this cake. After seeing we'll, him Blackbird. We'll leave that alone. <laughs> after seeing him in Blackbird, I was like, okay, somebody's trying to clean it up here. But Of course, uh, of course. <laughs> you know, he, he he definitely did Blackbird to revive his career and the kids weren't buying it. Um, the girls were not. And it, they weren't. And I mean, I thought Blackbird was a good movie. Um, but Definitely. he just... He, he has too much. Sometimes you just need to say, okay, I know I fucked up. You know, let me show up to some black gay events, write some checks, volunteer, mm-hmm. do this or that. That's how you clean it up. You don't go clean it up by adding to your resume. You come yeah. out into the community right. and let people in the community see you trying to clean it up and have conversations. Then that's how you clean it up. But of course, he's not going to do it. Debbie, yeah. do you know the history there, like with Isaiah Washington? No. If anybody no. doesn't, um, and this is the only thing I know about, but uh, I think it was in like 2005 or so when Grey's Anatomy was on. I believe he called uh, the actor who plays George O'Malley, I believe he called him a faggot. Um, and then he was removed from the show shortly after. As he and, should. Like, very uplo- it was abrupt. <laughs> they snatched that nigga right off of there. And he didn't come back until Christina's exit in what, 2015? And that was for like an episode. So yeah, they absolutely got him the fuck out of there, and he yeah. like, just has that that uh, narrative. Yeah. Well, Pussy Valley is good. It has a season two coming, and I'm really appreciative of that. I'm mad that only they only only have eight episodes right now. So shout out to Pussy Valley, and also Patrick Ann Polk is a, an executive producer on the show, which I Hello, found that out, Patrick and I said know him from Noah's Ark, which is an amazing show, which. I want to reboot. I think we've named that on the show multiple times. I would like um, to be in it. <laughs> reboot. that for me. Yeah. Um, are there any shows that you like currently like watching right now, uh, Samson, that you like or enjoy? Uh, I look at a lot of stuff on YouTube mostly, but um, Greenleaf was also my show. And mm. I'm, 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 I'm feeling some kind of way yeah. about it being the last season. Yeah. It, there's a spinoff coming, I've heard. There's definitely... No. I don't give a damn. I want Greenleaf. <laughs> well, well, I think uh, the, the mom, uh, the matron, like, will be the, uh, like, she, her, running her, the, the church, you know, because of what happened. I don't want to <laughs> spoil, but... Yeah, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Yes, but that's the spinoff idea that I'm hearing. I, I don't know. I like her, but I don't want to I love yeah. Lynn Whitfield. Do not get me wrong. I do, but I, w- I would have been interested in seeing uh, the cousins. I would have been interested in seeing that. But that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I'll take it however I can get it. Wait, you said you watch like web, you said you say like you watch web series like on, or did you say like uh, the YouTube? Yeah, I watch, you know, like Triangle, the series on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, What's that? It's a web series. Yeah, go it's, ahead. It's a black, it's a black gay web series. It's, <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Um, also, I look at, I look at, I just look at different things on YouTube. You mm-hmm. know, I'm used to, to traveling. Yeah. So being someone who's usually in two or three different cities a week, I don't get a chance to sit down and watch television. Mm-hmm. So unless it's a series that you absolutely have to see, like Pose or Pew Valley, 
usually it's me taking in the world which you mm-hmm. do best on a place like YouTube. Yeah. Different people's opinions and this and that. And that's what I like to do. Yes. Well, that is what we have for our hot topics. We want to get right into the meat and potatoes of why we are here. Uh, Mr. Samson McCormick himself here in the flesh with us. First of all, tell the viewers and listeners a little bit about who you are and some things that you want them to know that we did not say already in the beginning. Oh, um, there's so much to know. Um, let me see. I'm black. There's that. Uh, I'm a comedian. There's that. Mm-hmm. Um, I got an OnlyFans account. There's that. I'm just playing. Oh, but, uh, okay. I'm, just, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> Nowadays, let me just name this. Nowadays, OnlyFans is very market. Like, you don't got to just post your, your, what's your box on there. People will be definitely posted, like, music behind the scenes, music videos. And, like, I know women from Drag Race, the girls from Drag Race use that, like, a Shea Kool-Aid, but... Do what you gotta do. Yeah, yeah, it's um. But if I had an OnlyFans, people want to see me with my clothes off. I know, I know my audience that much. You, ah, you got a fat ass. I was like, what the (laughs) hell is going on here? Turns around on the stage. I said, what the fuck? Boom. Hold on. Where did you see? Where did you? Where did you see this? (laughs) Church boy. I, oh, you can see it on at, church, boy. And when you were in um, at the Howard Theater, I and when I tell you, my jaw dropped both times because I was really trying to. I was like, no, maybe you know, uh, it's been a while. We're in a pandemic. I haven't had sex. <laughs> so, I was just swooning at P Valley the other day, so I was like, it could just be me. I went and watched the one at Howard uh, Theater, and I said, said oh, no, exactly what's it's going real. on here. You got that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I have I have very thick legs in a situation. Um, whiplash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's but I used to dance when I was in school and play football and all that stuff. Okay, and and then my mom is stacked, so I and my dad was stacked, my brother's stacked, so I come from a stacked family, so I'm, I'm a little stacked. Mm-hmm. I'm a little stacked. Oh my God. <laughs> Samson, tell us some, some more about your child. Tell us some more. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that. Um, I, I stick with the basics and then we'll go from there. You know, I am a stand up comedian. I've been yes. in the game for two decades. I was one of the first out Black Day stand up uh, comedians of note in the business. I'm a writer, a producer, filmmaker, uh, author, mm-hmm. um, and somebody who's very involved with our community in both the Black community and the Black LGBT community. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Uh, oh, 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 oh. And my album in 2014 was a finalist for a Grammy nomination for Best Comedy Album. Yes! Uh, yes! There is that. That bitch better be funny. Uh, I also co-starred in the Oscar-nominated film, I Live Here. Mm. Uh, and in 2018, I'm not gonna brag too much. No, we do that on the show. We do that. On, we love that. This is the space. And, and in 2018, I became the first black uh, gay headliner to headline the Blacksonian, which is the uh, the National Museum of African American History and Culture. Um, you know, my performance there and the the turnout that we had. It was one of the all their events there are very well attended. But it was one of the first events that they had where 600 tickets went in four hours mm-hmm. for the show that I was doing. Because number one in D.C., I'm you know from D.C., so yeah. I'm very popular in D.C. And then on top of that, they never had a black queer headliner there. So 
that wasn't just great for me. That was also an opportunity that uh, allowed other Black gay artists to be booked at the museum as well, because as inclusive as they are, it's a different thing when you when you have a live event because you know you don't know yeah you know so you don't want to spend money on an event that may not be well received but that event showed that there was a uh an interest in black queer events mm-hmm. and that also you know there there's a market there's a space for us and so they started opening the door then big frida came after i did it Um, and then they had something for James Baldwin and then they did they just started being more inclusive of our community Mm -hmm. so you know when I tell folks to support my work it's a lot bigger than just me Mm -hmm. you know um, I'm way past the look at me stage in my career I really do this because representation for us is necessary and you don't need straight people saying support black gay folks you don't need because they don't they don't live our experience. Yeah, they can't honestly. They may be able to sit down and write a great story, but you know the difference between a story written by a black gay person versus somebody just writing a story. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, you do. True. There's certain elements that are in there. There are certain you know. Um, it's even even the most hippo shows, the most hippo podcasts, um, or any of those things. Even if they have a white person at the head of it. If you go and you look at that writer's room, they will call in black or gay people to come in and do the styling, do the designing, do the writing, mm-hmm. teach them the lingo. They'd be like consultants. Consultants. But yeah. on the other hand, I find it weird that for black shows and for black gay projects and things like that, they don't hire black queer people to work in those writer's rooms. That not that a little weird that they put yeah. us in rooms for things where we aren't? out at but you know in spaces where we should be out at they don't include us that's a problem and so that's why i do what i do it's it's important for people who may not have a gay friend to be able to look at the television or come to a comedy show or look at listen to a podcast Mm -hmm. like you know both of y'all y'all probably be surprised that somebody's mother may be sneaking listening to your podcast you know somebody's It's real life. Like, you would be surprised. Six months from now, you could be reading your emails and see something that says, hey, my son came out, he ran away from home, and I was looking for resources, and I found that Black Boy Joy podcast. That helped me learn a lot about my son's life, the way I look at things. You would be surprised. And so that's why you need all of us plugged in doing what we do, because you just never know who it may be affecting and the impact that it has. Yeah. I like, thank you. I didn't, I, uh, that's, I like that though. <laughs> Think about it like that. You oh, yeah. Real life trailblazer. Like, that's really, really interesting. I, I realize I am now, but <laughs> I, had to, I had to really understand why I'm doing what I'm doing mm-hmm. and why the things that we have are necessary. Yeah. yeah. I like that. So we want to also get into your most recent project, uh, Church Voice. So that is a stand-up film that you uh, have out that came out June 1st, correct? Um, and we wanted to talk about, like, what made you do the film? What what was the name? What, what was even the reason behind the name Church Boy? Uh, I did the film because I needed money. No, okay. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Look, let's just be, let's just be up front. <laughs> let's just be bold. <laughs> oh, my God. No, that's true. Uh, 
<laughs> so I mean, it's I'm I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I'm I'm very uh, blessed to make a really good living doing what I do. Um, but I put it out for a lot of reasons. I put it out because number one, I hadn't put out a live stand-up set since 2013. Mm. So, you know, and a lot changes over the course of seven years. So, um, you know, it's, I didn't have any new work. I was still touring and stuff, but I didn't have a new set floating around. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I was like, okay, well, we need to put this out. And it just so happened that we recorded it a week before the shutdown. Um, That's good. I didn't know that was going to happen. And then when we put it out, uh, we put it out on June 1st, which which was in the middle of all the George Floyd protests. And I remember when we, yeah, when when we put it out, um, it seemed like we had just kind of put it out in the middle of a bunch of smoke. Is mm-hmm. what it seemed like because um, I didn't want to put it out because I was like, this is not an appropriate time. But there were so many people grieving on the timelines and, you know, on social media and stuff. I just put it out and I said, hey, you know, this is for people who, if you need to laugh, this is funny. It's really good. It is. <laughs> Have a release. And, mm-hmm. and I put it out and, and that's what it's been. I love it, it. Yeah. And the reason for the name being Church Boy. Yeah, I wanted to know that. Oh, um, because why did we name it Church Boy? Well, we named it Church Boy. Number one, I'm very, if you look at a lot of my stuff, a lot of my stuff has been about the, the Black Southern experience, mm-hmm. it, uh, which is very closely related to the Black church experience. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I have no nothing to do with, with the church right now you yeah. know no parts of the church that's still home to black queer people that's where we come from you know we have given life to so many things that is in the black church um and and i talk about it because i do miss it i miss it yeah and it's it's an homage to that and and who i am at the core even though i'm a big heathen and a hoe and you know <laughs> out here running the street smoking crack being reckless, and no, I'm not smoking crack. You know <laughs> I, I, I was right here with you until <laughs> so Devin was like, "The six Devin said smoking crack." Okay, hold on, mommy. I have never put crack to this nose. Or this my nose. mama listened. My daddy listened. <laughs> do no, crack. no, but but no, not not I'm crack. Smoking. But you know, I'm 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 out having I'm living life, and, yeah. and a part of living and truly living means releasing a lot of the things that we were taught in the church, mm-hmm. meaning. You can't live a life being your authentic self. Mm-hmm. And for me, and I'm not religious, you know, but I had to arrive to a point where I said, okay, well, if hell is real, I would rather go to hell for living truth than living a lie. Mm-hmm. I would rather have a relationship and an understanding of God because I understand what that means as opposed to me fearing who I am or mm-hmm. who God might be. Yeah. That's the wrong reason. That's the wrong reason. Nothing, and I'm not even a big love person. I'm not really big on love or any of that th- stuff. Mm-hmm. But anything that is real love should not be inspired by fear. Okay? So if you're in a place where they're telling you God only lo- loves you under certain conditions or, uh, you know, like this, or you got to dot your I's and cross your T's this yeah. way, that's not love. And it's not a God that you should be embracing. Um, sadly, a lot of black gay men 
are the ones who walk out of my shows when I talk about that. They're the really? ones who said, yes. Yeah, they've been, they, they're the worst when it comes to that. You know, black gay men are the ones who send me the nasty emails and unfollow me on social media for critiquing the church. That's so oh, wow. That's really heartbreaking, actually. Yeah, but, I mean, but they, can't, they can't walk out of, a, out of a church for telling them that they're worthless. But you walk out of a comedy show for somebody telling you, you know, hey, you're worth more than what they're telling you down there at the church. Mm. I, I commend you because that's something you absolutely say in church. Like you are very a strong advocate for people like walking out of any anything that influences um, or encourages self-hatred. So I, I appreciate that. But I, I feel like with with church gays, it's just really hard. Like you it, that's a huge kind of cognitive dissonance to accept being gay and then to also continue acknowledging that you like come from church and you have these values in this faith. It's a, well, it's it also because. It's also because the sex in the church is so good. Let's talk about that. That's why some of them can't leave. Let's get comfortable. <laughs> I want my grandmother to know that. I actually want her to know that that happens. Like, I, the first time I, I was just casually strolling through my bitster and <laughs> happened to see a video that was, like, in the pew. Pulpit. And I in was the like, <laughs> my mouth... My jaw literally dropped. I was like, oh my God. It's up in there. I didn't know that was mm -hmm. Oh, they probably have more sex than we do outside of it. <sighs> but we don't talk about it and they feel safer doing it in there because most of them are at that same place. They know they do it. Maybe they pray afterwards and they don't talk about it. Mm. Listen. <laughs> all right. They also are with other people who understand, you know, God loves the sinner but hates the sin, and we all have our thing, so this is our thing. At least we know we ain't out here hurting nobody, and we can, you know, we can do this from time to time, but let's not call it a relationship. Let's not acknowledge it. The church is not going to acknowledge it, so they feel safe in their doing it. That but gives them license to not acknowledge it. Yeah, but outside of the church, it's it misses a uh, it's it's missing that that thing. That sauce. That <laughs> sauce. It misses that stank. <laughs> yeah. What is wrong with y'all? It's the truth. It's the truth. Oh, <laughs> it's the truth. Oh my god! It is. But we also you also have a segment too that in your stand up where you talk about gays in the barbershop as well, which I personally. <laughs> love and personally can relate to so like what made you turn what most gay men or queer men see as trauma um walking into that damn space as a spot of a space for a comedy uh so a lot of people don't think this is healthy the way i do this but i don't look at it as trauma i look mm. at it as life it's not trauma it's life and i think i understand trauma and I also understand I have a right to my own opinion so I say yeah. this um, I think that too many people cling to the idea of trauma as kind of like a victim mentality yeah. I've never been a victim I've always and maybe it's just the way that I was raised and some people will hear this and say oh see he's traumatized I'm not traumatized mm. I am a person who knows how to take the reality of life and make lemonade out of it Kool-Aid or whatever we're making, put some rum punch, whatever we're doing with it. The fuck was going um, on in there? Yeah, you know, you don't have a choice over the things that happen to you in life. You only have a choice about how you respond and the mm. types of resources that you're able to get to handle those things. 
you know, everybody might not have a full deck of cards, but you take the deck of cards that you have and you play the hell out of the motherfucker. Mm-hmm. So one of the things, and I think this is not just me, I think black people have the ability, and especially black gay people, but black people have always had the ability to take things that aren't so pleasant and be able to laugh at them. And that's what it has. That's, that's us. It's, we can turn that shit into money. Which y'all thought was a joke to us? Which y'all thought was something triggering? Bitch, moolah, bank. Yes. Have you been on Twitter and seen the type of stuff that we joke about? World we were take, joking about World War Three. I mean, even when George Floyd got killed, people were making jokes about it. And I mean, it's it's not making jokes about him getting killed. It's making jokes about the reality of what your life is walking yeah. down the street as a black person. This ain't nothing new. And so, yeah, rather than cry about it, we know what it is. So we say, damn, they done shot another one. And I got to go to the store right now. So y'all pray for me while I go down here to this store. And right. we laugh at it because you yeah. know, you do got to pray. Yeah. And I, I think that we we have that ability to make something out of nothing and make those spaces really um, up, something that we can have joy out of. Like I think about, I watch Lovecraft right now, Lovecraft County. Love the show. Everybody should check it out. And like, this is during the Jim Co era and seeing how they, I look at it as more so as community in that space. Like think about like segregation, really with how black people was together. And people thought it was like so wrong. And I was like, damn, we don't see that anymore. What was segregation really something that, you know, I don't know, but I was talking about like community and shit like that. But Devin, what was you about to say? <laughs> I was going to say, I've always believed that, like, that some of the best comedy actually comes from our darker experiences. Mm. Like, I, I think <clears throat> some of the people I've watched um, act and do comedy also are really great at drama. Um, I think Jim Carrey is a great example of that. And I think it takes the brain processing really dark and awful things. Um, and then that really gives you room to expand the other side of that joy and comedy. Like, I, I often find that people's comedy is... Um, influenced by some of most of their negative experiences. Yeah, in some in some cases, I mean, one thing that I have learned how to do is uh, take things and and process them, and then when I process them, then create with them. Yeah, and that made my stuff even stronger. Yeah. It's like I've always been great on stage, but it's like now as I as I, you know, reach 20 years, it's like, you know, processing it really happened, like take things that like throws at you career-wise, dating-wise, life-wise, with family, and you take it and you learn how to process it. You know, as you learn the lessons from life, and it's like now, it's like this superpower that I have. Yeah. How is it like developing relationships with people as a comedian, um, specifically, like the fear of people thinking that you would make them like a joke. How how is that like? Oh, oh, they gonna know. be a joke. They know better. They gonna be a joke. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's all my like, child. I wouldn't try to date you because I'd be like, child, I feel like I'll be his next skit. I'd be like, child, I, I read on. You gotta let them know when you first start dating them. Don't do nothing. Won't be nothing. Okay. You know, you act right. I won't talk about your ass. You know, it it actually when it comes to relationships. Uh, all my relationships have been very, I usually keep them a secret. Mm. You know, usually because I give so much performing into the public and all that, I usually keep, 
you know, my relationship secret. Plus, I have to keep them secret because I'm having my boyfriends from each other. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I love it, bitch. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I'm playing, I'm playing, I don't know what's for real, what's I'm not, playing. bitch. I'm in a fucking. You got somebody. You gotta say I'm playing too. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm, I'm playing. Down. I'm playing. You know, it's I maybe within the last couple of years have just started having good luck dating. Um, but it was because number one, a lot of people see what you do and they like it. They like the spotlight aspect of it but they don't understand when you get off stage you're a real person mm-hmm. you have needs um you know you don't come home and you're not walking around like when i come home i'm not samson at home yeah i come home i'm sammy i'm sam you know um or that bitch upstairs you know any of those and i just i come home and i'm a, a normal person and so some dudes especially in our community um they want you to walk around and act like that all the time and i'm yeah. like no you know, when I'm working, then I do that. When I finish, I'm the most chill, laid back person you'll ever spend. You know, we gonna laugh, mm-hmm. but I'm not walking around, you know, as my alter ego. I'm just, you know, just a chill, cool brother that, you know, that likes yeah. to have a good time. And I like but, that you Yeah, but what I had to do was, I think I was trying to be too good, you know, so I was... Um, I was I would see one person and I would only see them while I was touring and I used to you know try to convince them and I think trying to be good I think what people they, they start to think you're hiding something from them mm. um and and I really wasn't I just wanted somebody to take me seriously and that kept getting me fucked over so I was like well shit I might as well just get out here and do what I want to do and then now I'm doing that I can't keep guys away from me now Child, I want your life. <laughs> I, need them to be a, I need to be a comedian. I need to be just telling them what it is too. Well, it's it's more because I was, I think maybe I was trying too hard is mm. what it was. And now when I meet, I, you know, if I see a boy out, I, I will look at him. You know, I used to be one of them. Oh, it's a cute boy. I'm going to look straight ahead. You know, I'm, you know, or, or this dude that I really like is doing something I don't like. So, I'm not going to say anything about it. Man, I've been doing something that I don't like. I just say, look, motherfucker, I don't like what you're doing. If you don't fix that, this is going to be over with in seven days. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> um, now I have much better luck with me. I mean, I, I, I never had bad luck, but I, I ran across a few interesting dudes. I like um, how honest you are about your experiences. Um, I specifically... Um, I'm referring to your experience with uh, Jimmy Walker. Um, and I, <laughs> De- De- Devin has been... <laughs> I quote it so often. <laughs> a nasty yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. I was like, so I say that to say, I think it's important for us to hold you know people accountable. And um, I know that it's probably expected for people not to name experiences like that and then flat out say who they had those experiences with. But... Like, that's information I want to motherfucking know. You know, like, we need to know who's still um, pushing homophobia when we're trying to break through that. Like, we're really trying to turn a new tide. Um, And there are a lot of people who are still maintaining it. I just don't think there's room for it. So I really, really, really appreciate it. I remember watching that video, and I was like, yes, call that motherfucker out. 
Please. Yeah, it's, you know, they better be happy that I'm not out here telling all the secrets because I know a lot of them. Damn. I bet you fucking do. <laughs> I have toured with a lot of people. I have written for a lot of people. I have worked with a lot of people. Uh, I have worked on a lot of sets. I have been considered for a lot of television shows. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and you interact with people and you see things and you hear things and, you know, you meet people and you have experiences and, you know, uh, a part of it is knowing when to be quiet, but it also is knowing, okay, I need to say something about this. Well, how do you know? Like, how did you know you needed to say something about that? You just know. Mm. You it's just know. Feeling. You just know. It's not even that. It's just you just learn. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, you just learn. Like, there's certain things that are known in the industry. Like, if you're on set, and thankfully this hasn't happened to me. Um, one reason is because a lot of the things that I do, I shoot and I produce my own stuff. Mm-hmm. But I also do go to a lot of sets um, and hang out, and you know, somebody might rub your thigh or grab your butt or say something inappropriate to you, or. Oh. You know, um, kiss you, kiss you on your neck, or give you a hug that's too long, or something. Devin don't even set. see that as a problem. I'm sorry, Samson. Devin don't see that as a problem. I mean, if that's unlawful, I mean, no, but I mean, I, so I mean, sometimes it might be from somebody yeah. you want it from, and that's one thing. Yeah. You know, and you might you might be able to say, "Hey, I was on set with such and such, and you know, such and such did this," and then you see right. a story come out about them having a gay encounter with somebody and people be talking about, oh no, he ain't gay and in the back of your head. You be like, oh, that motherfucker is gay because I had experience with him but I'm not going to say nothing about it. Right. And it's just like, because of what the experience was, you're not going to say anything about it. But I got you. Um, and then there's some other things like um, Journey Smollett just came out and said that the only sets that she was on where she didn't experience sexual harassment was Tyler Perry and um and and the show she's on now yeah it was like she said since she was 12 and that that really shook me and not that i don't not that i'm shocked by women being accosted at work but that even in childhood this was something that she was experiencing and Ah, this is so disgusting. And I also, does that mean that Eve's Bayou is included in that? Because that's my Child, shit. The movie, was, the movie was about the shit. <laughs> to a degree. Like, it, it was... I know. <laughs> I mean, you might have to, you might have to um, see a scene or, you know, and, and, and something that counts in that is sometimes when you're on set with another actor, and you know you might have to do a love scene or something. Sometimes they have to fuck each other for real. Sometimes on some of these sets, yeah. Sometimes um, I know when I did, I did a movie called Party and Play, um, and that was the first love scene I've ever done. And that was on my set. And the director that we had, you know, we were trying to figure out how to do it. And me and the dude that I did the love scene with, we had to take our clothes off, and so we was in there butt naked on each other, like just. Are we in here? He had to grab my ass. He had to lick my nipples for real. Like, you know. And thankfully, we know each other, so it wasn't anything. But sometimes you can be doing a love scene with somebody, and, and for you, it's working for them. They're having a great time. And you're like, hold on, bitch. Oh, my God. No, I've seen that. I've actually witnessed that happen before. 
So yeah. it's not it's not a pretty sight. It, it just causes it, a lot of confusion, a lot of like the sort of messy. Yeah, you know, they might put you in there with somebody who's got some stank breath or some shit, some old crusty hands, and then they're yeah. up and they're rubbing all on you. Can you and you got to go home and put some Listerine on your nipples. Yeah. You know. So you talk a lot about you producing your own, directing your own content and things like that. What, why is that? Have you ever thought about, you know, being a part of a program company or production? Why? So like, I, uh, I'm not doing that. Um, I don't think a lot of people understand when, when creatives say, hey, you know, we need your support. It's not always with money. Mm. Sometimes it's following us on Instagram when we ask or retweeting something on Twitter because that generates numbers for us and we can do a lot more with the numbers. Mm-hmm. But my experience has been going into these studios um, the only time it was my fault was I went in for a meeting. Uh, me and Todrick Hall went in for a meeting with the guy who produced his show that was on MTV, yeah. I believe. We were at uh, Viacom in Santa Monica. And the same guy who produced his show wanted to produce a show for me. I didn't know what I wanted, so I passed on the show. That's the only regret that I have. Mm. If I would have been thinking and not trying to be all self-righteous, I would have said, hey, let me figure something out, come back to you. But I was like, no, I'm a past. You know, it's, I'm trying to be a, an artist with integrity. And if I can't think of anything, I, I should have been like, look, give me seven days, I'll come up with something. But at the time, I, I was touring. And, yeah, you know, um, that was the only time that I had a really positive experience. The other experiences have been, we like this idea, but this character needs to have a white part or um, because black people, because black, the black gay community isn't, you know, financially um, dependable, you know, when it comes down to supporting projects. Um, and and, and in some ways you can't argue that. Like if you look at things that are marketed to our community and, and a lot of it is because you don't have a lot of major solo black gay artists in the mainstream, so there's mm-hmm. nothing to really, um, nothing to, you can't really calculate it that easy. Yeah. But the ones that you see, they don't get that much support. And I know for me, I can speak and say, when they tell me this, I can't argue with them. I have to find other ways to sell it. Yeah, I know that black lesbians support me more than black gay men do, and I wow. wanted black gay men to support me for the longest, but they didn't. Damn, um, white gay men support my stuff, and I be in, I be on stage telling them all. They be chucking and ch- cracking the fuck up when you dragging them, That's and crazy. and they pay twenty dollars for that ticket. That's and meanwhile, funny. you know, black pride will call me and say, "Hey, we want you to come." But we want you to stay at my friend's grandmama's house in her basement on the air mattress. You can have some good sex down there. I'm just playing. But you know, you can <laughs> you can stay, you know, on her air mattress in the basement. Wow. And we'll take you to Popeyes and we can pay you maybe fifty dollars. Okay, but then that see. same yeah, then that same organization and I have a resume that I don't brag about enough. Yeah. yeah. But they will have some coked out 90s R&B diva who can't sing no more out of breath with a pot belly up there can't perform don't like gay people and they'll pay her 10 grand that's so true that is so true 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought you said somebody's name. No, I, I, thought, I, I thought you said somebody's name. I said, oh, child, get into it. But no, I definitely asked. I, I, I would never do that. No, I didn't do that. But, but we should. Oh, we absolutely should. We absolutely I, should. To, to that point, um, and I don't even know how, we really have to find some way to just like really unlearn self-hatred with that. Yeah. I don't even know how to explain that because I think you're right. Like I have seen, I've seen the girls go out and pay a whole bunch of money for people who don't really care about us outside at of all. doing their hair, makeup, or paying them the money to do the songs or whatever. Um, and I don't know how to change that. Like I don't know other than to just keep trying. I don't know how to change that because I don't want to have to watch a black man with a white man in order to get the content that I want. I hate that. We talked about that before. We we have talked about that on this show. Um, and that obviously, like, it's not that I am against interracial love, and I've said that on this platform, yeah. but that I'm just, I want something new. I want something, just give me something fresh. Give me two yeah. black-ass niggas loving and touching and kissing and sucking on each other. I would like to see it in some other place other than my pornography. I really would. Yeah, we are old that. And I think that's the reason. That's something that in a lot of spaces, we want to see us. We have no problem seeing, we don't care. We don't have no problem seeing interracial. We don't care about all that. But we want to see us because that's not put out in so many spaces. We it's, it's, it's we need to just see that representation. We need to see like, oh, okay, these men dealing with navigating like their sexuality and also being confident and comfortable without having to look to a white counterpart to to be there for them. We want to see that it can be us so that we can show people that it's not just the white man that can help or the white man that we need to go to. We can go to our own folk. And yeah. I like that because that's what I'm going to. I, I know that's what I go to in my relationships. I, I only watch black shit, so. Yeah, and I only, and I'm, I make it clear, I'm only going to love a black man or black men. Okay, whoever gets it right first. If I need to get two or three boyfriends, that's what we're gonna do over here because I'm tired of bullshit. I say but that too. I will be loving <laughs> black men. Yes, yes. It's it's just it's it's that it's the, it's that we we bring it. But w- 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 sorry, wow, I have <laughs> so much. But I, I gotta I gotta answer your question right quick though. But I say all that to say. The reason why I produce more of my stuff is because oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the the resources to hire who I want to hire, which would be black people, which would be black women, which would be women, which would be disabled people, which would be black queer people. Everybody on those sets are are not white. I don't I think I've only had I've never had a white man work for me on set, except my my media manager. And he done had so much black up in him that he could claim black now. <laughs> you know, he's, he's crazy about black people. But other than that, um, you know, other than that, the people that are hired, the, the DPs, the people who come on to serve snacks, my actors, um, you know, people who give rides, everybody is black or a woman or gay or trans or yeah. disabled or something. Yeah. And I'm able to pay them. Uh, and I can also, I have full ownership and creative rights to do whatever I want. Nobody's saying, oh, well, we'll finance it, but you got to shoot it here. Like I'm producing a, a very big movie right now that I can't I can't tell y'all what the name of it is, but y'all keep in contact with me. Okay. And when y'all see what it is, y'all are going to be like, wow. Like, wow. And we, it's, this is, it's, it will be out very soon. 
And <laughs> not love very, to hear. very soon, but in a few months. It's, it's coming. That's and very soon to me. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. And, and some great people are attached to it. And with this particular project, we approached some people about financing it. And they said, okay, well, we want some white characters in it. And you can't put no white characters in it because it's a black story. Yeah. And they say, okay, well, you got to shoot it here. And we're like, we're not shooting it there because that's not a black city. Mm. Oh, that's right. So it, it's a lot of back and forth. But, you know, we say, oh, well, nobody on television who's a black gay person has a black partner. Or we don't see the content. But it's like, when you see something that you like, you have to retweet it. You mm-hmm. got to share it on your Facebook. You got to, you know, share it with your friends. Some of these groups that we're in having these dumb arguments. I'm, I'm on some of those on Facebook where, you know, people will get on there and they'll say, oh, well, um, how many boyfriends do you have to have before you can follow up? Fuck all that. We need to be getting on there celebrating ourselves. Yes. And so the only way that we can see our stuff is as a community, we collectively go, that's good. Mm-hmm. But I can say as a performer, I have been to a lot of Black Pride events. I've been to a lot of Black gay spaces where I will walk up in there without an ego. I'm one of the most humble entertainers you will ever meet in your life. We can and tell. I walk up in there and I'm like, I'm one of y'all. Like mm-hmm. I'm here in full affirmation, support of our community, whatever, whatever. And they will still sit up in there with their arms crossed, looking like, what's so special about you? Mm. And that's that's what we give entertainers unless they are over the top or, or taking their clothes off. Mm. That's just the reality of it. It's, it's, and I, I am an outstanding live performer. I'm outstanding, and you will get. I will get in front of white people to give me standing ovations. I come home to us, and I'm like, "Hey guys, this is what's going on." Let's sit, and they would sit. Some now, some places you go to, like if they come see me, that's something different because those are my, you know, that's my follower. Yeah. But if you go into a space that's for us, Black Pride, uh, no, Latino Oasis has been the best. Um, but if it's like Black Pride or. Uh, or something like that, like one of those black gay events, it's usually like you just you can feel it in the room. Yeah. You can feel it. Um, what do you want viewers and your and people that are watching Church Boy to walk away with after they saw your see your stand-up? A good laugh, a really good laugh, which if you look at that, I can I don't put out crap. Mm-hmm. So I can say uh, with a 100% guarantee, you know, there will be something on there that you will hear that you will have a good belly laugh looking at. Yes. You know, um, I do understand I'm, as an artist, I am knowledgeable enough of the craft to understand everybody's not going to look like 100% everything that you do. I mean, even Beyonce put stuff out and people would be like, eh. But people know when you put out some solid work. You know, people know when you're a solid artist mm-hmm. and people will be able to look at Church Boy and say, hey, this is solid and this is from one of us. Yeah. And that was a really great time. You know, black as hell. Um, yes, black as hell. It's queer as fuck. Love it. Um, you, so that's what I want people to take away from it. How many a times celebration seen, of blackness and queerness. How many times have you seen uh, The Color Purple? Because I was very impressed by how much Ooh. of it you know. I watch it every night, three times. 
No, I'm just playing. That's a uh, long I, ass movie. That's a long ass movie. <laughs> it's like three it's, hours in. It's about three, two and a half hours, three oh, hours. It's but that's the black. That's like the black Gone with the Wind. Oh, like mm. that's like a, a black classic, you know. Um, but all those, you know, the color purple set it off. Malcolm X, what's love got to do with yeah. it? Yeah. Um, you know, the boys Wiz. in the hood. Yeah. The Wiz. That's my shit. Um, I watch. I I am a connoisseur of black culture, of black yes. entertainment, of our narratives. You know, you can't get out here and tell people celebrate the narrative. Be all about representation if you don't know what our history is. Yeah, that's right. You know, so I had friends who go, "Oh, you look at slave movies all the time." You know, I look at movies like Driving Miss Daisy, and you know, um, you watched, and, did you watch the Green Book? I watched the Green Book. I went to the theater to see it in Crenshaw. You know, I watch movies like that. My friends will say, "Well, you know, you watch, you listen to too many Negro spirituals, you watch too many old school black movies," and I'm like. I look at that and I listen to it because, yeah, I'm an entertainer, but at the core, I am also a storyteller. Mm -hmm. And so in order to be able to tell stories to the community, about the community, you have to know what our stories and history are. You have to develop an appreciation of your art form. You yeah. have to develop a deep appreciation for your craft outside of the adulation and the applause because it doesn't matter how great you are, there come certain points in your career where you might put out a solid project and people just don't see it for you. Mm. And your passion for the craft has to keep you pushing and, and engaged in your craft. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, they think it's all about the hits. It's not about the hits. It's about what you do in between the hits mm. that gets you to your next hit. Yeah. And so you can only do that. You can only have the longevity. You can only have, you know, the, the, uh, the dynamic energy, if you know what it is that you're doing and you're studying what you're doing. And and I hate the love, word love, but you have to love. And when I say love, I mean make a commitment. Mm. That means giving up some boyfriends. That means giving up some sex. That means giving up some parties. That means giving up some of the other stuff to be with your craft and That's to so learn true. it and to be dedicated to it. And a lot of people don't understand that. Nope. Mm. God, you miss family functions, hanging out with friends. Is your life is between whatever obligations you have and that craft. That's some real yeah. shit. Yeah, and it's and it can, you you really do, and you really this year. I'm gonna tell you this, y'all. This year has been, you know, it sucks because I've been caged up over here in Inglewood, mm -hmm. but I was jumping on flights. I because people don't understand. And again, this goes back to my original point. This is why, you know, we wanted to come on here. This is why y'all are here. This is why we have this conversation. Being a black gay man who stays true, no matter what, to who we are as black gay people. And that means telling our stories the right way. Mm -hmm. That means, and, and putting your best foot forward too, because you know, as black gay people, people don't pay attention to you if you're good. Mm. So you know you can't put out no crap. So in order to get even a fraction of the attention, you have to be outstanding. You have to work two, three times as hard. And, and the level of discipline and sacrifice that that takes, you don't get to live. So this year, I will say I'm not on the road, but I, I've had an opportunity to call friends, you know, to drink, to smoke weed, do some other grown folks stuff that I <laughs> normally don't get to do. Yeah. Do you see um, stand-up as a space more 
sorry, do you see stand-up becoming a space where Black queer voices are being more accepted? Oh, yeah, now they are. Um, and, and in the moment of transparency, you know, five years of what, five years ago of what was going, maybe, maybe, maybe seven. Mm-hmm. Seven years ago of what I see now was going on, I would have had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Because it was hard enough getting jobs being one of the only Black queer entertainers in comedy. And it wasn't talent. It, it's not, the insecurity wasn't about talent. It was number one, that a lot of people who are the first to do things, who fight the hard fights, who open the doors, people kind of treat us like, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, somebody comes along who just because they're good on Instagram, you know, in six months, they get paraded around like a little puppet. That's hilarious. You said it, not me, but you know, <laughs> speaking the truth. You know, and not just just hilarious. You know, I, and I, I like I like Joanne the scammer. I like I like Joanne the scammer. I yeah. like, um, you know, some of them are really funny, but you also have a lot of black gay men on there who do comedy, and you know, it's oh, not comedy. They're on there being clowns. Yeah, yeah. right. I've seen it. But people, you know, look at that because it's like they think all of us are outrageous. Ow, bitch. And that's what they think all of us act like. And so the folks who, and there's a space for that. There is a space for that. That does need representation. But when you, when, when, when that's getting held in a higher regard than Mm -hmm. people who put in the work, it's just like artists. Excuse me. uh, It's just like, you know, singers who can sing with a live band versus people who sing the track all loud and all key. It's the same thing. It's offbeat. Yeah, it's, it's mm. the same thing. It's really an obligation to the craft yeah. that I care about. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, absolutely. I actually wanted to ask you, um, what do you, what has gotten you from point A to point B in this? What has been, outside of your dedication to the craft, I imagine that there have been a couple of points where being gay and Black were really hard. Outside of your dedication yeah. to the craft, what has gotten you from point A to here? Knowing that, and this is why some people are so miserable, knowing that if I did not do this, I would not be happy. Mm. You know, a lot of people run around and they're miserable and it's because they know they need to be doing something and they're not doing it. They're too lazy to do it. You know, they're worried about what they're not going to have while they do it. Yeah. So they look for fulfillment in other places that are never going to make them happy. Mm. And they don't understand if you found that thing, and everybody's here for some reason, if you found that thing and you commit to it, it won't be easy. Um, It will be very challenging. It'll drive you crazy. But there will be a contentment inside of you that you won't be able to get from no man, no sex, no party, no nowhere else. Mm-hmm. And all that is great. All that is, I encourage everybody, go have good sex as often as you can. You know, have a great time, live your life, turn up, but also do things that are going to make you happy so that if you don't have any of those things, or you know, or they start to bore you, mm-hmm. you won't feel incontent. Because that's mm. what happens to a lot of people. It's like they got to find a new vein to hit on all the time. And mm. a lot of times, you know, it's not 
You know, not that anything is wrong with a nigga's bored. Yeah. You know, you become self-destructive and self-sabotage. You're so yeah. right about that. I've seen a lot of it, actually. Yeah. You know, if you went and did something that made you feel happy and, like, you have a purpose and appreciate it, I think a lot more people would be where they need to be. Okay. Um, what... <clears throat> I want you to rate your favorite Beyonce albums from... Your very favorite too. Eh, it's good because <laughs> we don't say bad. We don't. We don't say. We don't. Bad. Yeah, we don't say bad. Unless this I'm way. talking about school and life. We don't say bad. <laughs> Not school and life. I really hate that song. <laughs> um. So I would say number one would definitely be Bodak Yellow. That's number one. Um, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> but you're a Cardi fan this way. I said, just fuck me out. So you said, I am a Cardi. First of all, wow. Let's just. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm seriously playing. I actually love all those girls. I, I really am a huge Beyonce fan. Yes. I wasn't for a long time because anything that everybody else likes, I usually don't like it. Yeah. Uh, but she won me over at the Super Bowl when she did Formation. I was yeah. won over. Because I, you know, I was in Oakland for five years, and you know, we was all about that in Oakland. So um, when when she started being the more radical Beyonce, when she started bailing out protesters, and her music started to get blacker, yeah, you know, then that's when I was like, okay, I think she's being more authentic with her music now. Um, but to answer your question, uh, my favorite Beyonce album is probably Lemonade. Mm, I can see that. Uh, I a lot of that people. Yet. You haven't heard Lemonade. And we, the people we've asked have not named uh, Lemonade as their favorite. No, I'm oh, not oh. <laughs> I haven't heard people list that as their favorite album. Yes. Yeah, some people, yeah, some people don't say, some people say, you know, but it's, that's because people don't like depth. People mm. don't like depth. People, people like, you know, they want to hear something that they don't got to think about too hard. You're right. You wow. know, that they can memorize real quick. They don't got to figure out what it is that they're talking about or what the lyrics yeah. mean. They just, people want a quick bop. People want to get in the car and feel good. Yeah. Right? yeah. People don't want anything that you have to think too hard about. Escapism. People want escapism. So when she started getting deeper, I can, I can see why people kind of was like, but it's, I don't know, it's, I don't know. I like her more now. I like her more now than when she was doing, you know, B-Day and stuff like that, which I think B-Day is definitely would be number two for me. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we B-Day girls over here. <laughs> it was the versatility she gave me. I said it was the variety. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, B-Day, B-Day is number two. Uh, and then I would say her self-titled album is number three. Okay. And then uh, Sasha Fierce. And then, for me, Black is King. Come on, he said Black. Wait, did we? Are we missing four? Four didn't make it you on did, there. Four didn't make it on there. And neither did Dangerously in Love. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not giving him no energy. <laughs> Come on, that's fine. I mean, very good. Love but four when it came out, it's a good album. It got leads. Yeah, that's why she stopped that. She stopped that shit after that. She said, I love it now, but when it came out, I just didn't really care. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we, we like certain work that they put out for different reasons. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, it so it's just... where I was in life. Yeah, that, that means a lot, too. You know, sometimes they drop an album. I'm, I'm going to say this. 
Uh, Y'all are the first people I've said this to out loud. And hopefully he's not listening. Okay. But so, so I'm usually a really good boyfriend. But when Lemonade came out, I had cheated on my ex. And like the next week that album came out, he was in there, he kept playing one of those songs and I thought that he knew. So I think he was playing, um, I forgot what hold song up. he had that song on. I think he was playing Hold Up. Jealous? No, it wasn't Jealous. I think it was like Hold Up hold or up. something. But I, I just, I, I love you. Slow down. He had yeah. it on repeat and he just kept asking me little questions. And so I was paranoid. I was like, oh yeah, this <laughs> yeah. this. This nigga know how that stepped out on him. Woo child. And, uh, yeah, that album made me very guilty. That's but um what you get. <laughs> that ain't Damn. Yeah, it, but 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 we were very like me and him were very open about stuff. Like I mm-hmm. mean we were together for five and a half years and um and on the road I never I slipped up one time. I slipped up one time. And I don't think that just because a man, I mean, you got to have your own thing, but I don't think just because somebody cheats on you, unless they're doing it all the time and you're going to agree to it, check that out. But if y'all been together and, you know, they go out drinking or something and they accidentally slip up and, you know, lick a butthole in the car or go back and do something, you know, I don't think that's a reason to break up. I only would have a problem if they want if they came and they like started acting like it didn't happen and I found out. But if they said, "Hey, can we have an honest conversation?" Yeah, I'm good with I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. I um, oh shoot, I had a thought about that. Oh yeah, I've matured. I've matured a lot about that because when I was younger, I was like, "A nigga cheat on me, I'm leaving that nigga in the dust." And then I was like, "No, we're human beings, so maybe you have a conversation about it." I. I I realize now that relationships, especially one that's five years, are definitely worth fighting for, or at least yeah. like trying to figure out, you know, how to recover from those things. But when I was younger, I was like, "Fuck them niggas! If you cheat, you well, well, this is the real tea. The real tea is that he ended up. So we were together for five and a half years, and then he broke up, and he left me for the dude that I cheated on him with. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I've only ever seen that happen. What? That should be on Twitter, and I'd be like, "Damn, these niggas got interesting lives." I've never. I'm just playing. I'm playing. Oh! I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like what? this. I was like this. Ooh, child, just entangled. Not you playing, playing in my I'm face. Just, <laughs> I'm playing, girl. I'm just playing. eating it up. Devin was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> no, no, hold on, hold on. I love mess. <laughs> no, I'm I'm playing with y'all. I'm yeah. still playing. We actually are still cool. I'm still cool with any any of my exes. I think I have uh, three. And we are, well, two of them are long-term. One was, we went together, man. Yeah. Um, and we're cool. I'm, I don't understand people who get relationships with people and then they can't have a civil conversation after they break up. You know, um, my course, my exes loved me. I was the best one that they had. I'm sure you were. I believe that. Okay. <laughs> Period. Period. He was cute, but I was better. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you because even if they're with other people, I have gotten, and, and even dudes that I've dated, I have gotten inbox messages from them. Like, I had to come check you out because this nigga brings you up from time to time. Wow. 
Wow. I like that. The juice. Wow. I like that. Somebody, I wear Joe Yelp. <laughs> and I had to check it for myself. I had to check the product. A couple, their mom still called me. Their mom still sent me birthday cards. Um, I still get invited to family functions. You know, um, I know that I'm a good dude. Like, but men, and I'm very, I'm very transparent. Like, you know, I'll be like, you know, yes, I slipped up, and you know, I slept with this dude one time in my relationship. That doesn't make me a bad dude. You know, mm-hmm. it's overall how I approach a relationship, I know that I'm a good dude. But with men, what we like to do is we will have something that we know is good, but we think we can find something a little bit better. That's what happens. And then, you know, then they'll look back and be like, oh, that was a good one. I miss him. Or uh, they might they might see you on TV or something. Then they start calling back. I said a tweet about that. I did see a tweet in gay culture. Guys will find somebody and feel like, oh, I got to find somebody better. So they'll break up with that person. And then they'll find that person. They'll be like, oh, I got to find somebody better. And then break it. A little bit better. It's like, oh, shit. Um, A little little bit better. Wow. Um, First of all, thank you, uh, Samson, for being a part of this show with us. We can talk all day and all night. We love this. But first of all, thank you for being a part of the show. We, like I said, again, really appreciate you for uh, having us as one of the spots or places that you want to um, talk about your life. You're also your most recent project, Church Boy, which everybody should check out on on YouTube. But are there any- Or you can go to samsoncomedy.com, S-A-M-P-S-O-N comedy.com. Uh, we also have t-shirts for my show, That Bitch Better Be Funny. Uh, we got t-shirts, so get your t-shirts. And um, or just come over to Instagram, Samson McCormick on Instagram. And I, even if I don't update the page a lot, if you look at my stories, I'm always up in the stories. Yes. Um, you know, I, I, I usually don't put stuff online unless I have a reason to. Some people just, oh, I want to be seeing it. No, 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 no. Yeah. If I put something out, it's for a reason. Yeah, and we know you have a big project coming up, so we want all of our listeners to be on the lookout, and please make sure you follow so you know what this huge announcement is, because I'm definitely going to be looking and lurking and making sure I'm going to turn my notifications on, because I want to know, and I'm going to be like, we talked to him, this is what he was talking about, Uh, so I'm really uh, excited, I want our listeners. Yeah, and I'll come back and talk about it it when it comes back, because we have some really great people. I'm working on something else now. But after that, what we have, a lot of great people attached to it. And it's going to be for the culture. I'm so yes. excited about okay. it. I, I'm ready. I'm ready. We are gooped, gagged. We have been begging for a reboot of Noah's Ark, bitch. But if we can get something better, we are, <laughs> we are living this is, and we are. This is going to be so for the culture. When people see what this is, Look. yes. Oh I'm my excited. God, I love it. This is what I need. I need more gay we, nigga shit. We gonna eat it up. I already know we gonna, <laughs> we gonna eat I'm it up. I'm so excited. Yes. For you um, and for us, shit. Yes. Uh, so thank you very much for that. So like we always tell everybody, if you would like to continue the conversation with me and Devin on our platforms, you can hit me up at underscore Lord Every on all streaming platforms. On all social media platforms, Instagram and Twitter, not streaming. That is underscore L-O-R-D-E-V-E-R-Y on Instagram and Twitter. You guys know that you can follow me on Instagram at Derwin King. That's D-E-R-W-I-N-K-I-N-G. And on Twitter at Free Negro. That's F-R-E-E-N-E-G-R-E-A. 
U X. Yes, and if you would like to hit us up on our podcast social media, you can hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at that Black Boy Joy. You can also check out all of our videos from our previous episodes on YouTube as well. So do not forget that if you want to see the visuals, please check out YouTube to see all of the um, podcast um, episodes in there as well. And then yes. also. We are a mess. You get to see all of our facial expressions and things of that nature with our guests. And then also, if you would like to be a part of the show or have just a question or or whatever you want, you can hit us up at our Gmail at thatblackboyjoypodcast at gmail.com. Um, so please hit us up. Reach out. We will. We will. Right now, we will be taking a brief break, but we'll be coming at because this is our season finale, yes. but we'll be coming That's back. And we really appreciate everybody for um, listening. But first of all, thank you again, uh, Samson, for being the last person to wrap up our season four. This is our fourth season? Uh, yes, it is season four. Yes. So we really wow. appreciate We didn't tell you that either, so surprise. <laughs> well, congratulations. Thank you, yes. But we will be definitely back soon. Um, but we want to leave everybody with everybody with peace and blessings and take care. <laughs>